John 3, verses 1 through 21. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can't he, can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness of what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I had told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the, man, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. The word of the Lord. As we continue our study in this book of John, Last week, we saw how Jesus did his first miracle of turning water into wine at a wedding. Well, Jesus must have really been feeling himself after that, because John says, after that, he went to a synagogue and began to whip people who were selling stuff in God's church, in God's house, and were preventing folk from worshiping there. It made such a scene, along with the spreading, probably from the servants and disciples of Psalm turned water into wine along with possibly with other unrecorded miracles, that Jesus began making a name for himself among the religious Jewish leaders of the day. He especially caught the attention of Nicodemus, described as a ruler and then later by Jesus as a teacher of Israel. The Bible tells us that Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. He is probably concerned about his reputation. But I also believe that he comes to Jesus at night because he is sincerely interested in learning more about Jesus and what he is teaching. There is no other way to describe what happens here that evening except that the great ruler teacher Nicodemus gets schooled, night schooled, if you will, by Jesus. Here you are in church today or maybe listening to this message online. So you too must be curious and seeking more, like I still am, 
about the how and what of Jesus and how and where that fits into our lives. And the good news for us is that, like he did for Nicodemus, Jesus agrees to meet us in our darkness. He agrees to meet us in our skepticism, in our discomfort and confusion with spiritual things to school our minds and enlighten our souls. Nicodemus calls Jesus rabbi, which is another way of saying professor Jesus, Dr. Jesus. And with the signs Jesus did that he talks about, he is giving Jesus credit for being a teacher from God. He respects and honors Jesus at the very least as being in the same teaching league as himself and the other teachers who are just as curious about Jesus. But Nicodemus knows that all the conjecture and gossip about this intriguing figure Jesus could not answer what Jesus himself could about his teaching. And verse 2 and 3 says this. Read with me. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one else can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I ain't the smartest brother around, but I didn't actually see Nicodemus ask a question. And Jesus' response to me is a little overkill. You see, when Nicodemus is kissing up to Jesus, trying to get him to divulge his knowledge by buttering him up, by offering accolade, Jesus answers more like the admissions office and less like the professor. Jesus is like, before you can come here and learn of me and God and thus see his kingdom, you can't even begin to learn and know and follow and properly be a true student and true disciple. You can't even see or get this or comprehend me unless you are born again. Born again through God's earthly ministry and by God's heavenly method. Born again through God's earthly ministry and heavenly methods. So born again. Born again. In a place like Charlotte, North Carolina, which has been described as the buckle of the Bible Belt in this country, home of Billy Graham and PTL, many of you, many of you are very familiar with the term born again. But like so many terms that are ingrained and adopted and ratified into the culture of a place, the meaning of born again deserves a re-examination. What did Jesus mean by born again? As smart as Nicodemus was about Bible and God stuff, it was a wonder to him. In verse 3, Jesus says this, Verily, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And Nicodemus literally understands what Jesus is saying. Nicodemus said to him in verse 4, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, 
Nicodemus simply wants to know how to be a better and holier Jewish leader and how to pass that on to those he leads. Jesus, when he tells Nicodemus that you must be born again, is saying a person must become a new them and get a new life before they can see and know and be in relationship with God. So, unlike so many other religions, and self-help teachings out there. Born again is not about improving on who you already are. It's not about a personal desire to start over again. Not a personal decision and promise to do better. Not about getting the steps or directions or rules to living good and living right. No, no, what Jesus is saying, born again is actually being transformed into a new you. But Jesus is also saying along with a new you, being born again is also about a new life. Not an improved life, but a new life, which would be something strange and challenging to a Jew whose sense of being God's people and being in God's kingdom has always been congenital. This born again, Jesus is talking about, is about a new heritage, a a new lineage, a a new fatherhood, a, a new sonship built anew out of the old, born again out of the old one that the Jews had with God. And the life you and I may or may not believe we have with God right now. Let me tell you what the goal of the gospel of of being born again is. Jesus did not come to make nice people, perfect people, successful people, tactful people, thank goodness, attractive people. I deserve this kind of people, but new people with a new life. Now, I believe most of them, if not all of us, initially approached Jesus, you know, thinking this was just about improving ourselves or or to improve our, you know, southern way of living and heritage or or to learn how to become a better person or less of a jerk or more like a Christian or those good Christian church people or because your life was miserable or burdened and as noble as those pursuits are. And yes, God is able to do those things. Admission to the kingdom of, of God is a gift of God where you are no longer you or yours or about your goals and ideals, but of him and for God and his purposes and his plans and his directions for your life and who he wants you to be. It makes me think about adoption. Like little Stuart Watts. He over there today? He can be baptized in a couple weeks, right? Yeah? When he was adopted, regardless of the birth, Mom's name and circumstance or heritage. He has a new name, a new him, a new life. Stuart is now a Watts and a Stuart and not who and what he was before, though he is the same person. It is almost like an adoption. Stuart was born again as a Stuart Watts. His identity and destiny, though his looks and size and outside remain the same, he is new. Being born again is about... Being in the same body with the same past, in the same world, around the same issues, but with a new, unshakable identity and destiny of being a part of God's kingdom. And Nicodemus says, come back to Jesus. His statement makes all the sense in the world. Can a man enter his mom's womb? I mean, how can such a transformation take place? 
Jesus starts by teaching that being born again is done through God's earthly ministry and by God's heavenly method. Look with me at verse 5, if you will. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom. And then in verse 9, Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I told you earthly things that you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Jesus is saying that people are born again by responding on earth to God's earthly ministry. The water here in the Jewish context is about cleansing religious rites. That points not to itself. Remember, water can actually cleanse your soul, but it points to what it signifies, God's cleansing power and covenant. And then when he talks about bearing witness to what they have seen and heard in verses 11 and 12, Jesus is saying God's earthly ministry gives signs like, like the miracle Jesus did and the people whom he did them through, but also the message is what Jesus is talking about. The word of God preached and recorded in the Old Testament and then what Jesus is teaching now and what his disciples, soon to be apostles, will preach and teach later and record in this Bible's New Testament all point us to God's offer of new birth and what verse 16 calls eternal life, a.k.a. born-again life and existence. Jesus is saying that unless you embrace and are reached by God's earthly ministry and means, the things, the real things God uses through people and the church and the scripture to engage us here on earth, you cannot be born again. You and I can't just be chilling and walking around and boom, we are born again. No, God has given and sent out that God's kingdom has on earth pointers, on-ramps, portals, if you will, for him and his spirit for us to be reached. Reminds me of that telephone in the Matrix. If you in the false world, which is our real world, I can't get into it. But if you wanted to get back to the true world, you better find that telephone when it's ringing. And it takes you to an altar world, an altar life, right? Stuff like prayer and preaching and scripture and the sacraments like baptism and worship service and people talking about what Jesus has done. When these things are executed and executed upon, we have an opportunity to step into a new existence, a new life into the eternal world through these things. Jesus teaches it plain here. In verse 12, if I told you earthly things you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? You and I can't receive God's heavenly eternal kingdom if we don't and won't and can't enter through his earthly ministry. So where and how can you Hear the truth to be born again. You must go to and be where God's people place things that are pointing and leading the way. No one accidentally gets born again without these things. Someone has to tell you. Something has to show you. You have to be somehow a part of this whole thing. You have to hear it and see it or experience it. 
which should tell you believers in here something too. Those who claim to be born again, you believers, you church folk, have those signs. You, at the very least, are part of and play a role on, in the on-ramp and have within your testimony and the story you have about Jesus and in your Bible and in sharing. Get this. You have what leads people on earth whom are separated from eternity with God to eternal born-again life. You can be used by God to show the way to eternity. And what is it that we are showing and displaying? Look with me at verse 13. No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, and who, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Okay, let's talk about that snake thing. When the Israelites fled Egypt and were wandering in the desert, on the way to the promised land, some folks complained against God and started acting stupid. And God disciplined them by sending poisonous snakes to bite them. Stuff started swelling up. They're about to die. And in order to be healed and not die, they had to look at an image of, that, of a snake held up on a stick by Moses. Right? I'm sure you see where this is going, right? The snake was cursed by their sins. They looked at that cursed, poisonous thing and it took their death away on itself so that they could enter the promised land and kingdom. What is it that God's earthly ministry points to? The man, the son of God, Jesus Christ, and what God has done in sending him. Every and all earthly ministry and means, if they are God's, point to the cross. They point to the historical Jesus who lived and walked and who was the God-man who took away our sins on the cross. Our ministry points toward the one who came to give us eternal life and did the final earthly work so we can be born again. You cannot be born again unless you see and accept and embrace and respond in the affirmative to the historical Jesus and his earthly ministry and what he did on earth on the cross. So you not only have to believe what Jesus said, but what Jesus did and who he said he was and that God sent him. You have to see him and what he did on the cross and taking our sins so we can be with a holy God as God's act on earth of love for you and me. A love that will bring us and birth us again into the kingdom of eternal life. Verse 17 says this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever, verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the who? Only son of God. Some of you, sometimes some of you, go through phases. Like Nicodemus, just want the teachings of Jesus. 
and the good ways of Jesus. Jesus is a great example of how to live life. He's one of the great philosophers. You know, Jesus and Moses and Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr. And the Bible is just, you know, kind of his, his teachings for us to kind of learn. Some of us want to make Jesus a foil or debate point in our religious arrogance. You cannot and are not experience the life of God is that if that is who Jesus is in your life. Some of us fake ourselves out into thinking we have a relationship with God outside of all the Bible, church, testimony, identificationally Christian stuff, and you cannot and did not come into the kingdom without that stuff. You know, Jesus just wanted a ways, you know, because some of us think that there are other ways into, kingdom, into the kingdom. Jesus wanted those. You know, you got Buddha, you got Confucius, you got my man Muhammad, you got, you know, dude from here and there. You know, they're all teaching the same thing. Jesus ain't teaching the same thing. Here's the hard thing about Christianity. Let me go ahead and say it. It is an exclusive faith. Jesus is saying, me, not them, nobody else, me. He ain't going to sneak in because you can quote Confucius. You're not rolling in. Confucius and Buddha need to believe in me if they're going to get in. Gandhi too, MLK too. He might have a dream, but he better have a clear vision of the cross if he's going to get into the kingdom. All the right things, you know, all the good things we do. Jesus is like, this thing is only about what God did in sending me and who I am. Me, me, me. My kingdom, my way. I hope you're hearing the serious, narrow, but possibility of what the text is teaching. When your life and words point to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, people can get and receive eternal life, not by pointing to your good life or your prosperous life. You know, I'm not trying to dog anybody, but the little license plates that say all kind of stuff about the nice car you drive, come on, man. Blessed. Why is there never a blessed license plate on a jalopy? So you're not blessed unless you're driving a good car. You don't have a good God who's blessing you unless you're driving a car that makes you look good. Blessed and highly favored because I got something. You're blessed and highly favored because God got you. You know, you, you always pointing to our perfect little marriage or our ordered life. We discipline and we got a schedule and we got this. Or perfect children or how God blessed you to be safe and happy in this neighborhood with these friends. Life or, or how good you are too and with the poor life or discipline life. No, believe you believers, church folk, you know what you're called to do? You're called to point to Jesus like you will and would die in your own stinking sin and disobedience without Jesus' testimony. Like it is the only act, the o- only the act of God's love that got you and kept you and keeps you that if it wasn't for his grace, you would be lost and living in a spiritual stench and stink of what it means to be you without the born again you. 
Be an authentic believer and point to them and head yourself to Jesus and not to you. Like you need the cross and weren't on the cross. But like Nicodemus asked in verse 9, how can these things be? Look again what is behind all of God's earthly ministry. Look at verse 5 again with me. Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless... Sorry, still got the King James in my head. Unto, verily, verily, I say unto you, right? He, he cannot, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. And then look at verse 12 with me. If I told you earthly things and you don't believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one. Verse 13, no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Okay. It is clear that behind all the earthly ministry that will lead a person to be born again is the work and power of God's Holy Spirit to do it. And by Jesus comparing the Holy Spirit to the wind, how and when and how powerfully and to who rebirth is happening is God's doing and God's choice. In other words, God's works through his earthly means to rebirth people as and when he so sees fit for it to work to that end. Not everybody comes down the aisle, yet everybody was exposed to the earthly ministry. And it's not because somebody was smarter than the other person. You know, heaven should be filled with smart people instead of marginal people like myself, right? I'm just, thank you, Lord. Because, if, you know, if you read the scripture, you should get it. That's what he said to Nicodemus. Wait a minute, man. You know all the prophecies. You know all the scriptures. And you still don't believe in what I'm saying? It's not about you. It's about the Spirit's work. You see, what Nicodemus and other teachers in Israel were looking for and asking for were the steps and the teaching and the way into God's kingdom. But they were looking for a way that they could build toward and work themselves into right relationship with God. And Jesus like, Nick, think about it. You are a top teacher of God's word and you have seen the signs and you still don't get it. And the reason you don't get it is that it must be given to you. God's Spirit has to open your eyes to be his child. God's Spirit has to give you power to be born again. When your wife is given birth, please don't let me mess this up. It's her power. You, the epidural, the doctor, the nurse, just assist. But only one can give birth and push someone in a new life. That's the mother. Somebody's body has to give birth. God is not only the father of our new birth, he's the delivering mother of it too. Now don't go tell Presbyterian that I call God mother. <laughs> it's an illustration. And women are made in the image and likeness of God too. So there are some things they do in their mother and they reflect what God does. God's called a hand over the, over the eggs in his nest. That's why God's referred to in the Bible. I didn't say it. 
But don't go around calling God Mother Hen either. Okay. You know, in fact, if you remember when we preached through the chapter 1 of John, what it said in verse 12 and 13, it says this. It says, but to all who did receive Christ, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And that right to be born, that word is power. It literally takes a the miracle work of God for someone to hear the preaching or teaching of someone talking about Jesus and reading their Bible and seeing what is going on in worship and the sacraments who are pointed to the cross to actually be embraced and to believe and be it, a new you. To have what Jesus did to take away our sin away, take our sin away so that we can stand as his righteous children before him is only and solely the work of his Holy Spirit. A Christian is not a good person. Let me warn, if y'all visiting, hey, let me see how the church people are doing today. These folk ain't good. They're a miracle. It's a miracle of God's grace. And so we do what we do. We let the world know in confidence that it is not, because it's not up to our skill or our power of persuasion that we seek to give it as clearly as we know how it is God who opens the eyes. And a way to see and know and walk and live in new life. Let's look at verse 18 real quick. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe in him believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is a judgment. The light is coming to the world and people love the darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his deeds have been carried out in God. Those who are gods, who are born again, come into the light. And the fact that they come towards the light of God as people who all their lives have known and like and feel comfortable in nothing but darkness is a testament that God is doing and done something of the world, out of this world, heavenly and supernatural in the lives of born-again people. You know, the book of John, especially if we look back in chapter 1, make human beings to be like vampires. Not the, not the walkers, you know, people who can be in the light. Y'all getting all technical with the vampires. I, I like vampire movies too. But like the old school vampires. If you come in the light, you're going to burn up. The Bible teaches like vampires, we thrive and live and feel safe in the darkness. But in the darkness, we are truly and eternally dead. But we know that if we come into the light, the light will expose our evil and weaknesses. We may even lose what we considered our beauty and strength. But really what was rotting, condemned life and eternal sin and death. Born again, people go through a miraculous change where they actually believe and live like coming into God's light will not mean condemnation and death, but grace and life. 
I mean, Christians even tell unbelievers about their struggles and how merciful and good God was anyway. They confess their sins to each other and give God glory and praise when things go wrong and right. They live without any sense of fear that God reject, would reject them or condemnation is on the way. You know what? Believers are like privileged beggars, like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know, kind of living and being in places before God that exposes their rough and uncouth ways and jaded past are all out in the open. No one who is just naturally born does that. Unless God's spirit, God's miraculous power changes their hearts, bursts them again into a life where it's verse 21, where they can be clearly seen. I mean, do you understand what you're doing when you tell the story of the gospel? Do you know what you are saying and confessing and believing about yourself? That you're a sinner. That your works mean nothing. That, you, that, you're hurt, that you're broken and in pain. Why would you talk about Jesus and in doing so bring to light your mess and helping it helplessness as you do it? Because those who've been born again have been brought into the light of God's love. Close with this. My son Clark was really discouraged the other night, getting, getting bullied by a girl at his school. I saw that girl. She like this tall. But she's a walking Facebook, man. You can't compete with a girl like that. She's socialite. If you ain't in the social scene, she cut you out. And he only wanted to tell us in the room because he didn't want Harrison, his older brother, told because he, you know, because he would have that shame that could come out in a joke or judgmental advice. You know when your brother gives you advice when you're struggling? You don't want that. Well, what I would do is, you know, judgmental and condemning advice that would make him look better. So Kelly, then I went and got him and brought him back into our room where he just fell apart and wept and even told me about how he was feeling disconnected from me. And I just held him and kissed him in that place and talked gently to him. He trusted me in the light, away from the darkness of the outside world. And in that light, his pain and shame and mistakes and sins were laid bare and open and honest. Because of how he believed I saw him and how he believed he saw me based on my act of love towards him in the past. When you were born again, you come out of the darkness of this world's shame. And you trust God's acts of historical and spiritual love seen by what he did in sending Jesus to the cross for our sin. All because Jesus came into our darkness, into our night, and schooled us. And when following Jesus, we can't came into the light with all of our shame and all of our brokenness to God. And he does not condemn because he only sees you and treats you as a son and daughter in whom he is well pleased and who stands righteous and justified and loved before him right now, regardless of the shame and failure the world brings. Because they have been through. Jesus. Born again out of their shame, fear, and into his forgiveness and love. Born again.
Some of you, you hear what's going on. I know it's easier to stay in that dark. You like a vampire. You, you, you are powerful, but only in the dark. You're beautiful. You're awesome. You're acceptable, but only in the dark. Do you understand your life is a casket outside of the light? There is true life and freedom and love and true beauty in a born-again life that comes through Jesus Christ. I urge some of you today to walk into the light. Trust God's love for you. Christ Jesus. Not tomorrow, today. Today.